Don't you dare reach for your pocket, I told myself. In fact, take that phone and go put it in another room. Shut your internet off, set your devices to do not disturb, and think. Please, think. You are losing yourself to distraction. Or as Cal Newport puts it, you know, we're, we're in a world that demands more thought, more deep work than ever before, while we all simultaneously become more and more incapable of that focus. And to me, it feels like more than uh, a chuckle at our outrageous screen time or a self-deprecating joke about how reliant we are uh, on our phones, the, the dopamine hit. You know, I think it's antithetical overall to what we need, to where we find our purpose. Which is a dichotomy that's frustratingly true with so many things. Like that balance. For me to have a digital business that means so much to me that I'm so proud of, but also tiptoeing around that same digital world like it's a hungry lion capable of devouring me. Like that's, that's a real feeling. It's water that's foundational for life, but in too large a quantity will kill. It's the sun that while integral and responsible for this planet as we know it, also has no problem ending, you know, anything that's too openly exposed to its rays, to its heat. There's always a sweet spot between too much and not enough, right? That happy medium, that intersection is why we're all here. Because when I don't take time to deeply think. When I lose the big picture, I remain in a cycle of routine. And sometimes that's great, right? Morning routine is great. I don't really have to think about it. I'm programmed. Things like driving a car, as Duhigg explains in The Power of Habit, your foot stepping on the gas, it's involuntary. And thank God for that. But one must be able to step outside that loop and ask the big picture questions. We have to make time to at least roughly chart the course. And it'll change. Life will present its obstacles, but we'll have at least parsed out what matters and what doesn't. When life is all habit and reflex, when you've lost the ability to examine the self because one minute alone with your thoughts is agonizing, well, you, you won't be able to see past the surface of who you are and what you're capable of. I want to be clear here, this is not me uh, complaining about perhaps the most prosperous society ever to exist. This is me saying, you know, there are some dangers that we way too easily overlook. That when you outsource your thinking, you outsource your future. And it's not hard to fall into that trap. I just referenced the book Deep Work a few minutes ago. Um, I think it's one of the most important books someone can read in this day and age. You know, Cal Newport talking about separating ourselves from distraction. I remember the day I, I first listened to that book, I was sick, so I wasn't on my usual run. I was walking, and 
because of that, I felt this urge to, as the, the book was playing, to reach into my pocket and check for notifications. And it really was eye-opening. It's like, we are scared to completely immerse ourselves in solitude. But solitude is where we uncover so much. Silence is where we hear what our souls have to say. It's where we understand who we are. My favorite Joseph Campbell quote, the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. And man, I hate to say it, but I think being alone, even for a short period of time, is that monster lurking in the cave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the one we're scared to confront, even though it's what we need. Solitude is the demon we are consistently masking in a constant influx of media and small talk and DMs and emails. You know, that stuff has its value, but it's, it's not real. In the sense that I find it disconnected from purpose. So here's something that I've been doing and you know, I would suggest that you give it a try. It's been certainly helpful in my life. And start small, even if it's 15 minutes, but take a walk by yourself. No phone. And it's challenging at first because, you know, you, you want to be consuming something, even if it's, um, you know, educational, valuable. Still, right? No phone. Solitude. Think about life. Think about who you are. Think about what you've always wanted and where your current reality aligns. Think about how much you have and how lucky you are. Think about any or all of these things, but think. Let your mind go where amidst the push and pull of life, you don't often let it wander. For example, some thoughts from my walk today some of it random sporadic noise, some of it more valuable than others, but all of it valuable because the process in its entirety is valuable. You know, I spend some time thinking about the week ahead, the things I'm excited about and how to prepare for them, and realize one of them I, I didn't want to do. I then had that debate with myself, well, do I not want to do it because it doesn't align with my goals or because it makes me uncomfortable? came to the conclusion that I think it's the latter, so it's staying in my schedule, but I'll reassess. I thought about Florida. I consistently think about how lucky I am to be down here after living in so many cold places. Um, it's just such a, a beautiful environment and, uh, you know, one that I don't take for granted. I thought about uh, a statement I just heard from a professional athlete uh, after his surgery, talking about how hard it was on him but that he would rise from the ashes and he would have the best year of his life. And, uh, you know, my mind went to one of the most important rules of leadership that it's not about you or your rise or fall, right? To lead is to make it about the team, about the overall goal and how grateful I was to come across that video, to see that and, and really dissect it. You know, sometimes the best ways we learn 
um, is by seeing what not to do, right? And I'll take that with me. I'll take that understanding uh, with me on my own journey. Last thing I remember, I I thought about some of the books I've been consuming. I've taken in an insane amount of books over the years, uh, but I practically stopped reading physical books, right? And now I consume mostly on Audible or other audiobook methods. Made me wonder whether the value is equivalent, how much that varies from person to person, maybe something to research later, right? That's, That's all I remember as I sit here now. But the point is, you know, this is stuff that if I don't immerse myself in solitude, and break through the barrier of boredom, I don't get to. You know, and and maybe you go through a week where you don't find much. But as the saying goes, right, one idea, one concept, one epiphany can truly change the dynamic of your life. It could change everything, right? There are answers just beyond the realm of distraction we operate in. Some of them pertain to trivialities, like the audiobooks in the cold front. Some of them pertain to your goals and your development, who you are, where you're going, and how you'll get there. As Newport says, to simply wait and be bored has become a novel experience in modern life. And while his emphasis and and focus is primarily on work and creating an environment to be productive, I want to suggest that it's not only our work that needs saving, but ourselves. We can't lose touch with what matters most. We can't become so shallow in our thoughts and our actions that the beauty remains buried away. There is something in you that's untapped, unfinished, raw talent or desire. There are pieces of you that need to be assembled. And if left alone, will wither away. Unremarkably, quietly, and probably without your noticing. So my ask is that you think of this as more than, you know, me cheering on long walks. It's not about the walks, right? It's about time alone with yourself and what that opens up for you. It's about recognizing the spaces we need to carve out from the outside world so that when we re-enter the outside world, we know who we are. We understand where we're headed. We don't go where the wind blows. We are able, as the saying goes, to adjust our sails to get to our destination. All you need is more time with you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you know what you want, then you know when you're failing. If you don't allow yourself to know what you want, you can keep that foggy. Um, 
if you don't set out the conditions for your success, then you can avoid your responsibility because again, that's not clear. And the problem with wanting something is that in all probability, you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to make sacrifices. And it's certainly possible that you want to avoid that. Um, you, you, you might be afraid to make it clear because other people could deny it to you too, which is something I write about a fair bit in that chapter. Um, the problem is, and, and failing to make any of that clear protects you right now. But it's really hard on you over the medium to long term. Because if you don't make it clear to yourself what you want or to other people, the probability that you're just going to stumble into it is pretty low. And, and you can put that off indefinitely day after day. But the problem with that is that you age while you're doing that. And there's a, obviously a price to be paid for that. So that chapter, that's chapter three, do not hide things in the fog. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a warning about failing to pay attention. You know, knowledge emerges in a very strange way. It, it emerges, obviously, when we learn something, we started out by not knowing it. And so what that means is that knowledge goes through a transformation process from being absolutely not there to being explicit and fully detailed. And one step of that process is emotion. And so, for example, you might find yourself frustrated, disappointed about the events of the day, but be unable to exactly specify why. That's extremely common. You know, you go home to your partner and you be in a bad mood and, you know, you'll snap at them for something and they'll say, well, what's up with you? And you'll say, well, nothing. You're just being annoying when it's perfectly clear to both of you that there is actually something up with you. And then that disappointment and frustration, anger and sadness, let's say, or anxiety is a sign that something isn't right. But it isn't like, it isn't necessarily that you're repressing knowledge of what's not right. It's that you just, you actually don't know. And the emotion is the first step in the process by which that knowledge emerges. And you might have to sit and think and talk to your partner or to a friend for God only knows how long before you're actually going to put your finger on what it is that you're upset about. And it could be very far removed from whatever happened to trigger you in the moment. And so that's the fog. And you can keep things in the fog just by not doing that. It's really easy. It's no dip more difficult than just sitting there doing nothing. Because creating knowledge is active and difficult. No. Attention is the basic currency, right? Everyone fights for it. And it's incredibly valuable. And it, it certainly is the case that it's also very tempting to turn your attention to things that grasp your short-term interest rather than, say, pursuing the causes of negative emotion. That's a, that's a good example. And, of course, we have massive corporations working night and day to continually attract our attention and there's something sinister about that obviously but but <laughs> you can't exactly lay responsibility at their feet because mm -hmm. there isn't that there's a tremendous overlap between educating people informing them and and making them attend to you and and the lines between all of those things are very f foggy let's say and difficult to lay out it's certainly the case that one of the ways that you can keep yourself in a fog about yourself is by distracting, is through distraction with external uh, 
with anything in the external world. And obviously, computer technology, cell phones, games, well, not negative in and of themselves, perhaps, are there at any moment to oh, yeah. distract you. I think you need a meaning to sustain you in life because life is difficult. And so the meaning has to be proportional to the, to the difficulty. I think everyone knows that and wants that. Um, whenever I talk to audiences about that and pointed out that it's through the adoption of responsibility that you're most likely to encounter those meanings, the audiences would generally go silent because that isn't an equation that's often made, right? Is that, well, you need meaning. That's better than happiness. Happiness is a consequence, I would say, a fortunate consequence of the pursuit of something deeply meaningful. But almost everything that's deeply meaningful requires the willingness to adopt responsibility. And so that's a good thing to know because you might ask yourself, well, why should I adopt responsibility? And the answer to that seems to be something like, wow. Well, it, it deepens your life. You don't want to make your conditions for failure conscious because then you know when you're failing and that hurts. You don't want to um, make your plans for the future too clear because then if, you, then if you don't attain what you're looking for, it's very clear that you've lost it, which is somewhat different than failure, right? Um, and then there's also the prob problem that if you make your motives clear to other people, then they really have the ammunition to hurt you because mm. like I can hurt you by depriving you of what you want, but I can hurt you even better if I really know what you want and can deprive you of that. So you have reasons to keep these things unclear, but then, and then you, but the problem then is, is that you don't have a, a, a direction that's powerful, right? Because you're not consulting yourself, watching yourself, learning about yourself, figuring out who you are and figuring out what kind of, route through life you would have to take to be engaged okay so then you get weak because you're not integrated you're all over the place you're scattered um, well then anybody who is has power for one reason or another can compete with you for your own attention mm. and win and so if you don't have your own plan painful as it is to develop one partly because you have to take your own inadequacies into account Oh, yes, and you also mentioned, you know, you, you posit an ideal, this is what I want or this is who I could be. The farther away that is from you, the more inadequate you feel in relationship to it. You know, so that's ah. another reason to avoid it. But yes, well, that's why every ideal is a judge. There's no getting away from that. Now, if it's too much for you, I might say, well, make a lesser ideal. Like, try to pursue something that doesn't intimidate you into paralysis. What you really want to do is you want to lay out a, a plan that has a, a pretty high end aim, but that also consists of steps that aren't too intimidating. That, that, so you have to ask yourself, um, I would like to do this, um, I should do it, but would I do it? And the answer is likely to be no, often. Because you know what you're like, you're supposed to go to the gym, but you don't. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, maybe you won't go to the gym, but maybe you'd walk half a block every second day, something like that. And you have to ask yourself, I write about this in the first chapter about the advantage of being a fool. You know, if you notice that you're not so good at something, then you can calibrate down the goal until a fool like you can manage it. Mm -hmm. And then you can attain it. And then you're not quite so much of a fool. Take on some responsibility. 
do something for other people. You're doing something for yourself while you're doing that, even if you don't know it, for sure, because you're a community across time. Find, Find something to serve. Somebody to help. Someone to help. To solve. A job to... Find a job. Do your best with the customers. Don't be above your job. You're going to get an entry-level job when you're a kid. Well, what else would you want? You want to be the boss? What do you know? You don't know anything. You could be the boss of your job. You know, if you're working in a grocery store, or you're working in a convenience store, assuming you're not working for terrified tyrants, you can be nice to the customers. You can develop your social skills. You can learn how to handle boss-employee relationship. You can be there 15 minutes early and leave 15 minutes late. Like you can learn in an entry-level job, man. And I'll tell you, if you take an entry-level job and you learn, and it's a reasonably decent place, you will not be in an entry-level job for long. Because everyone who's competent is desperate for competent people. And if you go and show yourself as competent, there'll be a trial period. But if you go show yourself as competent, all sorts of doors you didn't even know were there will start opening like mad. So you strive for competence. For craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For discipline. You know, I mean, I I said in one of the chapters in my books is, is, is focused on putting your house in order. It's like, well, how do you start? Make your bed. You know, I, I it actually took me quite a long time in my life before I made my bed regularly in the morning. Most of my life was in pretty good order, but that was one thing I didn't have in order. My clothes and my closet as well, all that's in order. Not all of it. I'm cleaning out some drawers right now, but look around and see what bugs you in your room. Just look. It's like, okay, I'm in my room. Do I like this room? No, it bugs me. Okay, why? Well, the paint's peeling there and it's dusty there and the carpet's dirty and that corner's kind of ugly and the light there isn't very good and my clothes closet's a mess so I don't even like to open it. Um, okay, that's a lot of problems. That sucks. That's a lot of opportunity. Pick something and fix it. Something that bugs you. Yeah, but not too much. So it, the rule is pick something that you know would make, pick a problem. Pick a solution to it that you know would help, that you could do, that you would do. So you have to negotiate with yourself. It's like, well, I won't clean up this room. How do you know? I've been in here for 10 years and I've never cleaned it up. It's like, well, obviously that's too big a dragon for you. Would you clean one drawer? Find out. And so imagine now you want to be happy when you open that drawer. You think, well, that's stupid. It's like, is it? Maybe it's your sock drawer, which I cleaned up in my room the other day, by the way. You're going to, mo you're going to open that every morning. So that's like 30 seconds of your life every day. Okay, so that's three minutes a week. That's 12 minutes a month. That's two hours a year. So maybe your life is made out of, you've got 16 hours a day. Let's figure this out. 5, 12 in an hour, 12 in an hour, 144 in 12 hours. Yeah, let's say 200. 200 five-minute chunks. That's your life. So you got 200 five-minute chunks. And they repeat. A lot of them repeat. So if you get every one of those right, they're trivial, right? Who cares what my sock drawer looks like? It's like, fair enough, man, but that's your life. The things you repeat every day. The mundane things think I could get all those mundane things right. That's the game rules. It's like now all the mundane is in place. Now you can play.